Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We think that we should leave our sin and then God will pardon us. That's not how grace and truth works. Listen, grace and truth works like this. He forgives, he sanctifies, he sets apart, he cleanses, and then he instructs us to leave our sin. Grace comes first. Grace always comes first. By grace, you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. You're taking notes, Ephesians 2, 5, Ephesians 2, 5 through 8. And it's not, by grace you have been saved. It's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Grace always comes first. Grace must come first if grace is going to be grace, because if it doesn't come first, then it's of works. And if it's of works, then it's not of God. Did you get that? I'm glad you got it. I almost bumbled it, but you got it. Praise the Lord. Grace always comes first. Grace comes first, then our obedience. Otherwise, it's not grace. Last note about grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth, and we should be full of grace and truth. I need y'all to say amen. amen. Can't have one without the other. Some people are so full of grace and not truth. You know, people like that, they're so full of grace. Like, oh, can we all just get along and can we just love each other and forgive each other and be kind? Grace and no truth. They won't tell you the truth. And some people are all truth. Say amen. Amen. Well, all truth. The word of God says this, boom. God's word says that, boom. Uh, you're in sin. God's word says this in chapter 2, verse 5, boom, truth. No grace. I can't even spell grace, boom. <laughs> we need both Christians. We need a balance of both. Come on, y'all, say amen. Clap your hands. Come on. Look at verse 15. John goes back to the forerunner, John the Bee. John bore witness of him and said, this was he of whom, look at verse 15. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And keep in mind, John is six months older than Jesus. You know the story. Mary came to the house of Elizabeth Elizabeth is six months into her pregnancy, and Mary had just conceived. John the bee is six months older than Jesus, and yet John the Baptist said Jesus was, verse 15, look at it, he was before me. 
In your margins, you might want to write this down. He's talking about the pre-existent Jesus. He's talking about the Jesus before verse 1. Are you getting me? Before in the beginning. Jesus said, before Abraham was, what? I am. John is talking about the pre-existent Jesus. Think about it. John the writer. Listen, let me keep this clear for you. John the writer, he is the writer of five books of the New Testament. John, first, second, third epistle of John, and then the book of Revelation. John the writer, the apostle. He's approximately 90 years old. John is the last living apostle and the last eyewitness, and he's writing about the last of the Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist. Luke chapter 7, I think it's right around verse 28, Jesus said, Among all the prophets, John was the greatest. Jesus said John was greater than Elijah. He is greater than Moses, greater than David, greater than Isaiah, greater than uh, Abraham. Uh, He's greater in regards to his prophetic ministry. John is the greatest prophet because John's message was clearer and more current and more correct than any other prophet. If you were here last week, I told you just that, didn't I? That John is the greatest prophet because John's message was clearer and more current and more correct than any other prophet. John chapter 10, verse 41, tells us that he never did a sign. He never did a wonder. He never did a miracle. So the greatness of John's prophetic ministry, listen, the greatness of John's prophetic ministry was in the fact that he was able to point at Jesus, the Lamb of God. All the other prophets longed to do that. They were not able to do that. John was able to do that. He was able to see Jesus and point his finger at Jesus And say, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God. He's right over there. It takes away the sins of the world. John had, that was a privilege. Huh? That was a privilege. John had the privilege to point at the prophesied one and say, there he is. John is the prophet that the prophets prophesied about. John is the valedictorian of prophets, the only prophet that was able to see Jesus. The others only saw a shadow of Jesus. Are y'all getting me? John was the last of the Old Testament prophets and the greatest prophet. John, the writer of this gospel, listen, is known as the apostle of love. But this is what he became. He became known as the apostle of love. When John was younger in ministry, John was something else. John was something else. He became in his older age, y'all get this, in his older age, he became the apostle of love. When he was younger, I think of Luke chapter 9, and Jesus is going through Samaria, 
and the Samaritans didn't receive Jesus when he came to town. And everybody here, y'all know, you've been here at Calvary, everybody hated the Samaritans and because the Samaritans were biracial. And nobody liked, but it wasn't cool to be biracial in those days. And so um, Jesus intentionally went through Samaria. And remember, that's where he met the woman at the well. And he said to the woman, they that worship me, come on, y'all, they help me. They that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. So that was in Samaria. So when they didn't receive Jesus and they didn't receive Jesus' ministry, James and John, now we're talking about their younger years, were offended. And they said, Jesus, do you want us to terrorize them? Can you imagine asking Jesus a question like that? Jesus, holy Jesus, would you like us to burn them up? What do you expect them to say? But they were offended because they didn't receive the ministry of Jesus. They were known as the sons of thunder. James and John were known as the sons of thunder. I don't know why every time I think of them, I think of them in like a a black leather vest with leather... (laughs) Leather headbands, leather robes, like demonic disciples or something like that, you know. John, the apostle of love. John, who is writing this lovely, gentle, theological gospel. John says, Jesus, do you want us to terrorize them? And in our text now, John the bee was also fiery in something else. He wasn't a wimp either. He wasn't afraid to call sin, sin. Don't you know your Bibles? Herod, you're committing adultery. In Matthew, John the Bee said that. That's why he lost his head. In Matthew, he said Jesus is coming with a winnowing fork in his hand. A winnowing fork speaks of judgment. This boy was no wuss. He wasn't afraid of anybody. By now, John the aged remembers with sweet memories the prophet John the bee who spent time with him, maybe in men's group, maybe in men's Bible study. I don't know. John the apostle said, John the bee raised his voice and he cried out, verse 15, this is he, Jesus, who is coming after me, is preferred before me, preferred before me. Verse 16, of his fullness we have all, look at verse 16. I need you to look at verse 16. We all have received grace for grace. This could read, write it in your margins, write it on your pad. We have received grace in place of grace or grace upon grace or even wave after wave of grace. In other words, there's no exhausting of his supply of grace. Jesus fills us from his bottomless reservoir of grace until our cup overflows. Somebody once said, grace for grace comes to the Christian as waves continue to come to the shore. The Christian's total life is the constant reception of God's grace. Are you glad about that? Yes, it is. And I'm a witness. I'm a witness. January 23rd, 1982, Friendly Church of God in Christ, Oceanside, California, 7.30 p.m., Saturday night, gave my life to Jesus Christ, and I'll tell you, that night I went to church, I was heavy, just like, felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders, 
And I gave my life to Christ that night. I left that church. I felt as light as a feather. Jesus said, give me your burden and I will give you a light load. You give me a heavy load, I'll give you a light load. Am I right about it? That's what he said. And that's what he did for me. And the next morning, I went to church. And I remember walking across the dirt. I told you all this story. It's the truth. I looked at the dirt. I never saw dirt before because I've been high since I was nine years old. And now I'm 21. I never saw dirt, not brown dirt. I never saw it. Who knows what I'm talking about? I never saw green grass. I never saw the blue sky because when you're high all the time, there's a haze over your eyes. Let me try this again. Who knows what I'm talking about? Thank you. You don't see things as they are. And Satan made it really convenient for me because my father was a drug dealer, so I never bought drugs. Never. I'm telling you. Grace. Waves of grace. I felt it. I felt light and free. To whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Certainly, I was free. And, 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 and now, you know, I've been excited for the Lord. When I got saved, I was like annoying. I mean, I was seriously annoying. I was annoying. I know I was. I know I was. I annoyed myself. And uh, I was just annoying. I knew it. But you know what? And somebody told me that I was going to cool off and I wasn't going to be this annoying in a little bit. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I didn't know anything like that. They were like, oh, you'll, you know, these religious Christians and people like, you know, they don't have a joy of the Lord. They're like a bummer. And so, you know, they're, they're like, oh, you'll, you'll cool off. You'll, you'll cool off eventually. I honestly tell you, it's been 30 years. I have never, I've been this crazy about Jesus for 30 years. 30 years. And now God has taken me all over the world to be crazy for him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at God. That's how he do. I'll use anybody. <laughs> That's too much clapping. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's too much clapping. No, no. Steve's like, yep, yep. I know that. <laughs> That's true. It's so true. It's, it's more than true. It's more than true. Okay. All right, look. Verse 17. Let's, let's move quicker. Verse 17. Now, John brings Moses into the discussion. For the law was given through Moses. Are you looking at verse 17? Uh, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. Now, why bring Moses and the law in here? Well, keep in mind, John is focusing on seeing the glory of God. I believe the reason he points to Moses is because Moses was the most famous Old Testament person who wrestled to see the glory of God. Exodus 33, 11 tells us the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. But that wasn't enough for Pastor Moses. He wanted to see more. Exodus 33, 13. Moses said, 
Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight. Moses wanted to see God present and active. And then in Exodus 33, 17 through 19, so the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for you have found grace in my sight and I know you by name. And he said, Moses, please show me your glory, Lord. And then he, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I will be gracious to you. I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord told Moses to cut for two tablets of stone. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord. A God merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So I believe John is contrasting Christ with Moses. The contrast is Moses points to grace. Jesus performs grace. Moses reports the words of God. Jesus is the word of God, the Logos. The law mirrors the light of God. Jesus is the light of God. Look at verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is the Father at the Father's side, and he has made him known. The contrast continues. Moses said, show me your glory. He was only allowed to see the back of it. But in contrast, Christ, who is called the only God, is not at the Father's back. He's literally in the Father's lap, in the bosom of the Father. No one has seen God. In contrast, the Son of God has seen him as closely as he can be seen. Not only is the Son in the chest, the bosom, the lap of the Father, but he and the Father, he, the Son, and the Father are one. And the end of verse 18, the Son has declared him, the son has declared him means the son has narrated him. The son has brought him into the open. The son has made God known. Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. Jesus was lifted up. Moses gave manna from heaven. Jesus was the true bread from heaven. The law of Moses was the word of God. Jesus Christ was God. And Christ is the word, is the Logos. See the, see the contrast. The point is, Christ is far superior to Moses. No one has ever seen God, not even Moses. But the one who is at the Father's side, he, Jesus, has made him known. God has become flesh. And when you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. John chapter 14, verse 9. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus said, I and my Father are what? One. Jesus, the word, is the perfect declaration of the unseen God. Let me say it again. Jesus, the word, is the perfect declaration of the unseen God. The Father and the Son belong to the same family. And Jesus has declared the nature of the unseen God to man. And we don't have to wonder about the nature and the personality of God. Jesus has declared it with both his teaching and his life. If you want to know what God looks like or the nature of God, the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, look at Jesus. 
Look at Jesus. They can't get it out of my head. Of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. Waves after wave of grace. No exhausting of the supply of grace. Jesus came to the earth to have fellowship with us. And to give you grace when you need it. When you go to the beach. How can anybody go to the beach and look at the ocean and stand there and not say, there is a God somewhere. How can anybody do that? What's wrong with you? Who can do that? It's amazing. Take a grain, a handful of sand. That's amazing. And God says, his thoughts are more numbered towards you than the sand of the sea. In other words, there is no count. There's no way to count the number of the sand of the sea. And therefore, God's thoughts are always towards you. That's the point. And you stand there. And you look at the waves going out and the waves coming in. Next time you do that, you think about grace for grace. Waves after wave after wave of grace. The waves go out and the wa- Father, I need your grace because my marriage, Lord, give me grace. And the waves come in. The waves go out. Father, I need your help, my job situation. And the waves of grace come in. And the waves go out. This is my interpretation of waves going out. And waves go out, and the waves of grace come back in. And Father, my kids need your, need your help. Father, the waves go out. And Father, my kids, and the waves come back in. And the waves go out. And Father, my kids need your grace, Lord. I need your help with my kids. And the waves come back in. And the waves go back out. Father, I need your help with my kids. And the waves come back in. And the waves go back out. And Father, I need your help with my kids. And Lord, the waves come back in. Where my people at? Say amen. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, we do. We need grace. We need those waves of grace to go out, come back in. No exhausting of God's grace. And with that, let us not... Take advantage of God's grace. Romans 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. You don't take advantage of God's grace just because you know that if you sin, you can ask God to forgive you and he will. You don't take advantage of God's grace. God's grace is there if and when you fall. But your goal and desire, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, is holiness. I'm going to wait till somebody clap your hands and say amen or do something. Do something. Holiness. Not taking advantage of God's grace because it's there. And you know that he'll forgive you. Oh, God's a God, a second chance. God's got a third chance. God's got a fifth chance. God's got a tenth chance. How many chances do you need? When you're going to stop and start walking with God the way you know you need to. Don't take advantage of God's grace. 
Waves of grace, yes. But let's not take advantage of the grace. So the grace is there when we need it. We need to call on God and he'll forgive us. And he loves us. And he, he loves us so much, he, 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 he came and dwelt among us so that he could show us, are you listening, how to live, how to love, how to walk, how to be a Christian, somebody who loves God, walks with God, serves God. He showed us that we might walk in fellowship with him. And David said, it's one thing if I desire. And that will I seek after. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David said, all I want to do is be where he is. In the temple of God. So he's come to dwell near. And we should be dwelling near. In fellowshipping with God. Again, my question do you? Day-to-day, daily fellowship with God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.